I'm Brian Carpenter, host of Fresh Air at Five, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Reflected, the podcast where I share my perspective on the challenges and successes that are taking place in our schools and focus on goal setting and plans for future improvement. Through rich conversation and meaningful dialogue, we will discuss practical ways to make schools better for students and educators. And welcome to Reflect Ed. This is episode seven. I'm your host, AJ Bianco. I'm so glad that you are here joining us. And I say us because we have a very, very special guest joining us today on the podcast. My good friend, Christopher Nessie. Now we all know Chris Nessie as the tech guy, the House of Ed tech guy, and my favorite thing, Mr. Podcast over here. But today we're going to have a little bit of a different conversation. We're going to talk to Chris about critical thinking in the classroom. And I really wanted Chris on here because he does some great work with his high school kids. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Nessie. What's going on, Chris? AJ Bianco, I am so happy to be on the Reflect Ed podcast. That's really it. I, I am happy to be here and I'm looking forward to this conversation. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. And like I said, Chris, I wanted you on here because as a socialized teacher, as a former socialized teacher, um, critical thinking is extremely important in our classroom. And I know you pride yourself on having your students use critical thinking. So we know your background. We know what you do. I'm not going to have you go through that. If anybody wants to learn more about you, they could find you on the House of Ed Tech podcast PD all over the Twitterverse at Mr. Nessie. But... Let's focus here on critical thinking. So, Chris, tell us what a day in the life of your socialist classroom is. It's very simple. My classroom has four verbs. They are create, communicate, collaborate, and like we're going to talk about in detail, critical thinking. Those are the only four things I care about in my classroom. Those are the only four things I want my students to focus on. I'm a social studies teacher who doesn't care about the history because ultimately it's not about the history. I've been teaching for over a decade and I've yet to have a former student come to me after the fact and say, I'm a historian. I've also yet to have a student go on to play Jeopardy. So I don't prepare them for Jeopardy, and I prepare them for life. I spent the bulk of my career working with students who are moving to a next level. I've worked at the middle school level where the goal is get them ready for high school. I work at the high school level, mostly with ninth graders. My job is to get them ready for the rest of high school and beyond. And I I don't know if we're going to touch on what I do at college, but certainly what I do at the university level, also getting students ready for whatever the next thing is. And I've been saying for years with things like the four C's, if you can do those four things well, and during your time in a class with me, you take 
even a step forward in each of those areas and you continue to want to grow in those areas, you're going to set yourself up for success. And it doesn't matter what career path you want to go on. If you can be creative, if you can communicate with other people and communicate your ideas and you can collaborate with others and you can critically think about problems, you will be successful. And that's all I want. And that's all any teacher wants. Yeah, Chris, I I appreciate that because when I, when I was in the classroom as a middle school teacher, my job was to, of course, prepare my kids for high school and beyond, but also as a social studies teacher, I wanted them to make sure they understood ideas because I told them on day one, and I'm sure, you know, this resonates with you as well. History repeats itself. So I felt for my students, they had to know our past in order to understand the future and even the present. So my ideas of critical thinking were very similar to your four C's that I feel like I prepared my kids for high school, that they were ready to take on a lot of the challenges that the high school classroom would had, would bring them, whether it was lecture and notes, whether it was critical thinking and, and projects. My kids are ready for it. I felt that way. So when you say your kids weren't or aren't historians, I think that's wrong because I think all of our kids have to be historians because they're living in a time period and they're going to go forward and they're going to be the change and they're going to make the change. So our kids are historians. So I think when we put them... Well, hold on. Let me jump in. When I say that they're not historians, I mean, they are not as passionate about history as the history teacher. I enjoy history, but I'm not trying to force my love of history onto my students. And when I say they haven't come back, I haven't taught anybody who has gone on to also get a bachelor's in history and, you know, come back and, you know, have pursued the same things I do. I do get kids who enjoy history. I I got a kid, you know, this year and, you know, this odd school year that we're currently in, not to date the episode, but here's a ninth grade student and he's 15 years old and this kid's got it together. If there were more people like this 15 year old making decisions and people would listen to people like this student there'd be a lot more better things going on right now. Right. And and I think we'll use that student as an example. That's the reason why we have to change our classroom from here's a textbook, here's our notes on the past or or whatever topic you're teaching. And now let's answer some questions. You know, I think that's why we're going to take this and we're going to take this conversation about critical thinking and really put it into the billboard, right? That, 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 that big marquee, you know, let's get them critically thinking. And that's what I'm pushing for my teachers now in the role that I'm in. I think critical thinking is important. It's something that we really need to focus on. So let me ask you real quick for the audience. Can you define critical thinking or how do you define critical thinking? I don't need a textbook definition. What is it to you? Oh, good. Cause I wasn't going to give you a textbook definition I appreciate and that. I'll probably give you a definition that people go, what the heck is he talking about? So to me, critical thinking is any thinking that pushes you beyond your limits, limits that you're aware of and limits that you're not aware of. Okay. There, it's, it's questions that there's no easy answer. Uh, it, it's questions that, you know, if we want to think of it like teachers, it's the questions that are not easily Googleable. It's the questions that require research analysis understanding that will push a person and not not just a child. We all need to think critically. It it pushes us to the point where we experience wonder and curiosity. 
I like that. Wonder and curiosity. And I think also the fact that is there a right answer for critical thinking? Like, I feel like you are on a path when you are thinking critically. And you may not know where that path is going to take you. You know, to the outsider, you might look crazy. But to you, you are, again, you're, you're curious. You're, you're researching. You're reading. You are consuming content. You know, for me, I think critically about podcasting and education technology and, you know, stuff I do in the garage, you know, when I'm doing like DIY projects, you know, I go down these YouTube rabbit holes to try and learn something, you know, critical thinking leads to learning. It leads to growth and, you know, personal development. Forget the, you know, P being professional. If more people, students, adults, everybody, if you grew as a person and pushed yourself using critical thinking, you're going to grow. And if you grow as a person, you will grow in all the other facets of your life, you know, whether it's your profession or if you're a kid, you know, with your group of friends or, you know, sports you play. If we're all trying to be better people, that's going to trickle into everything we touch. I love it. I love it. And I I think as we dig into this, you know, uh, we are recording this episode and I'm going to bring it up. Last week at the Capitol, there was a... I don't know the word to, to use. I don't, I don't want to take one side here. There, were, there was an issue at the Capitol between two sides. And when we bring it to the classroom, and this is going to be our focus, when we bring this issue to our classroom, we want to make sure that we are not drawing a line to one side. We want to make sure that we are unbiased. We want to make sure that we are not sharing our point of view. And we want to make sure our students are seeing an issue and actually thinking about this issue and whether it is good, bad, indifferent for our nation, right? So that's that's the issue that this came from. As we go forward in the classroom, we want to have our students think critically on other issues so things like this don't happen again. So when we think about critical thinking, Chris, I think doing some research to coming into this show, we found seven ways to actually teach critical thinking in our classrooms so that our students are not just staring at us like we have four different heads that we don't know what's going on, that they can actually put something together, that they can go home and have a conversation with their families about. So the seven, we're going to talk about seven ways that we can teach critical thinking in our classrooms. And the first thing, and this is, this is all you right here, questioning. So when you think about questioning, where are you going with questioning? Number one. I think it's important that when we talk about questions, we're not talking about quizzes and tests and homework and, and all, all, all that stuff. I'm talking about, again, going back to curiosity, how do we get students to be people who genuinely ask genuine questions and are not afraid to ask questions? I tell my students every year, you know, usually at the beginning of the year about my children who are a kindergartner and a third grader. And AJ, I know you can relate to this because you're, you're in the same boat as me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our children pretty much their favorite thing to ask us or say is why. And we know stereotypically about kids, you know, oh, look at that. Well, why is the sky blue? And you give them reason. Well, why? So young children, it's just innately built in that they are curious. And at some point in their education, that gets stripped away and kids become afraid to ask questions or they don't feel confident asking questions. They feel, you know, a question will make them look less intelligent. And uncomfortable and 
you know, we both went through middle school. We, we made it through, and that, that's certainly a tough enough time as it is. Who's, who's raising their hands in middle school? Not a lot of people. Certainly at the high school level, not a lot of questions. And, you know, what I see at the college level, kids are, their curiosity is over time stripped away. And we need to teach kids to feel confident asking questions. At, at some point in language arts, they learn what the questions are, who, what, where, when, why, all, all that stuff. They learn the technical aspect. But we need to continue to instill in our students the desire and the curiosity to learn and to not just accept everything, you know, and, and not be disrespectful about not accepting, not like, here's, here's information. Well, you know, and, you know, curse me out, you know, at the high school level, you know, I, I don't accept that, that, you know, you're, you know, be respectful of what's being shared with you, but be aware of the source of the website, of the book, of who the content creator is, of the content you're consuming, right? We need to do that as adults, but at the elementary level, we need to teach children how to ask questions. So as, as an elementary school teacher, you've got to model that for students by showing them that you know how to ask questions or what good questions are and to not be afraid. And I'd say as kids get older, middle, high school, college, they need to continue to feel that school is a safe place to ask questions and learn. And as teachers, we need to, again, provide that safety net where it's okay to make a mistake, learn, ask questions, be curious. And everything I just said, it doesn't matter. I'm not talking about the social studies classroom. I'm talking all subjects need to instill this in their students. Yeah, and I think that's important. And hopefully I made that very clear at the beginning. I'm not sure if I did, but this is not a social studies related show. This is for everybody. This is the elementary, this is middle, this is high school. Critical thinking is extremely important. It's something that's going to go on through every grade, through every content area, even higher ed. Absolutely higher ed, right? So, you know, we, we start with questioning. Let, let me go through the seven seven ways to teach critical thinking that we had kind of, you know, used some research, brought it together to us. As we just said, the first one is questioning. We have the second one, encouraged decision-making. Third, group work. Four, incorporate a different point of view. Number five, connect and respect different ideas. Number six, inspire creativity. And number seven, brainstorm. So those are our seven ways to teach critical thinking. And I think based on what you said at the beginning of the show, Chris, with your four C's, a lot of those fit into your four C's. And if you don't know the four C's, and Chris laid them out before, creativity, collaboration, communication, and of course, critical thinking. So all of these seven ways to teach critical thinking kind of fit into those ideas. So when we look at this lens of questioning, I'm going to focus on questioning because I think that's really the, the biggest part. You can't do anything else with questioning. We are not saying that you, teacher, create the question. We are saying, teacher, allow your students to create the question. So Chris, you, you mentioned modeling questions to your students. How do you model this? How do you model what it looks like to think of a question and put it out there? Is it a why question? Is it a how question? What, what does it look like in your classroom? A lot of the questioning in my class starts with a simple three-word statement. I don't know. And I tell my students at all levels, right near the beginning of class for the year, 
I'm not the smartest person in the classroom, right? I believe we're a community of learners. And right from Jump Street, I'm talking about the four C's, you know, having an open mind and be willing to grow and respect the points of view of others. And I I use the words. I'm very, very transparent with what I want my students to get out of the class, you know? So I, I, all the words and things I'm talking about here with you, I've had this same conversation with ninth graders, with college students, you know, and earlier in my career, I'm sure in some way it it was a part of what I did as a middle school teacher as well. Um, But it it starts with, I, I don't know. And just showing that I don't know everything and, you know, well, how, how can we find that answer? Let's look it up together. I don't know right now. Why don't you go look it up? Go, go look something up and, and I'll go look it up. Or, hey, everybody, you know, we got technology. Everybody, let's stop. Let's take a look. Everybody go to Uncle Google. Let, let's see what we can find together and let's find some other sources. So for me, the question starts with, I don't know. And I model the curiosity piece. I like that. We're, we're so afraid as educators to say, I don't know. Like that's something we were told in our in our undergrad don't say you don't know i am not afraid to say i don't know there are teachers who are afraid to say i don't know and are afraid to not look intelligent i always said i don't know but i really had no idea oh sometimes i don't sometimes i fake it no of course of course but it's good it's it's good because it allows kids to research and allows kids to also see that we're not the quote-unquote expert we're learning with them. We're learning alongside of them. So I think that's that's good. I don't know is a great start. So you go from your I don't know. And then you, I, I like going back to the four C's, that collaboration. My classroom was full of collaboration, full of group work. And that was really what made my class run. I was that guide on the side. So I'm sure you're the same way. So when we think of your classroom and group work, tell me about your group work. Tell me about how critical thinking applies to group work in your social studies classroom? Well, when it comes to group work and, and that collaboration piece, you know, that, that's where, you know, I, I bring in a phrase, you know, each one teach one where I can facilitate and based on how I can create groups or how I can, you know, almost like a magician kind of force kids to make themselves think they have free choice over, you know, group design. Uh, again, the collaboration, the four C's, they all tie together. So when I have kids working in groups, you know, they can help each other. They can ask other people. They can work on those communication skills, you know, and conveying, you know, whether it's frustration, confusion, or curiosity or wonder, they they get those through the different types of projects that I design, that they help design. And it's just about getting out of their way. You know, you, you and I both know as podcasters, ask your question. And then shut up and let the person talk. So you're doing a great job. You ask the question, I'm talking. I'm done talking. I'm going to shut up. Go ahead. <laughs> the only problem is now I have to come up with another question. You threw me off. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So um, I, 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 think, I think the message that we're trying to say here, right? Critical thinking is extremely important to our classrooms. It is our job as educators, or if you're listening to this, as a school leader, to encourage that thought, to encourage questioning, right? To allow that I don't know moment to form. Um, and, and from there, you have a lot of different things you can do with it. You can create something to answer that I don't know. You can collaborate on it. 
and then you can communicate about it, right? Those seven things that I had mentioned a little bit ago, they're fancy, right? Those are just seven fancy terms and fancy ideas that really fit into that idea of the four C's, which I have been a fan of. And I know something that you might have created back in the day, but there's no infographic. I probably did. On it. Yeah, there's no fossils, but I know I like to tell myself that I came up with the four C's. That's fine. You're allowed to. You're allowed to. Um, let's shift gears because I know something you're extremely proud of and something I love hearing you talk about is your higher level teaching, your K, your beyond K-12, that higher ed. So in Rutgers, your classes are completely different from what I had when I was a college student. Your classes, from what I understand, are completely critical thinking prepare you for beyond college am i correct in saying that yeah well the 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 funny thing that i tell the college kids is you know there's a couple of courses first the courses i teach at rutgers they are not education courses i am not working with pre-service teachers all right i work in the school of communication in a minor called dcim which stands for digital communication and information media i teach the following courses or have taught uh, virtual team dynamics leadership in digital contexts, self and society in virtual contexts, and the capstone program. So the culminating course of this minor program that has, I think, 11 or 12 courses in total. I I teach a handful. Um, And in any given semester, I might be teaching two or three of those courses. Um, but, But at Rutgers, yeah, it's critical thinking. And regardless of the title of the course, I tell the kids on the first day, it's the title of the course, so I'll use leadership in digital context, semicolon, and life lessons with Mr. Nessie. That's the name of the course. But they don't they won't put that in the book. Well you have to write the book first. Heck no. I tell the kids, I've never writing a book. I haven't written a book. So I'm not the professor who has written the book for the course that I make you buy. Never gonna happen. We'll get you there. Right, let's, let's keep going with that. So with, with your class, with Rutgers, and we don't have to go on a tangent here. Just tell me, what is the criti- what, what's the critical thinking look like in a Rutgers course compared to a high school social studies class? Does anything change? Do you bring about the same ideas? Do you bring about the same kind of collaboration? Is it more independent for the college kid? W- what's the difference? The difference is maturity, for one thing. And there are moments where Students in college are just like high school students. Don't get me wrong. But there is a change in maturity. And college students are more willing to take the risk that I, I can lead the college student to the cliff. And they trust that there is a support there that I can jump. I can take a chance. And if something goes wrong, the people in the class have my, have my back and Nessie has my back. I do the same thing or I try to do the same thing with high school students. Okay. I see a learner as a learner. So whether I'm telling an adult to just hit record and start a podcast or I'm teaching world history to ninth grade, 15 year olds, there's that change in maturity and that willingness to do I trust myself to take the risk and I can get the college students to do that. They're more willing to open up 
and share a story, share an experience and be vulnerable. Whereas again, we both have been through high school, not easy to be vulnerable and open yourself up to criticism or let people know who you are. Right. And at times when I'm working with high school students, I laugh inside knowing you think you have it all figured out. You're only 15 and there is so much ahead of you. Eventually your eyes will open. Do you ever have the idea or or would you ever have your Rutgers kids talk to the high school kids? Have you thought about that? I have considered it. I've just never pulled the trigger on making that happen. I certainly think that would be valuable because why not? I mean, I'm getting to be that age where, and and maybe, I mean, you'll make fun of me, but I I may have been at this point for a few years where my high school students who are in ninth grade, I can't really relate to them as a almost 40-year-old man, right? But college kids I know who are 20, 21, 22, 23, I could probably have them make an impact and do some interesting things. I just haven't done it yet. And yet would be the key. Okay. That's good. That's that's that growth mindset. So you know it's going to happen. So And it's probably even easier now because I, I could probably get a kid to jump on a Google Meet or get into the, the virtual call and, and things like that. So, all right, challenge accepted. Between now and the end of the 2020, what year is it? 2021. All right, this is January 2021. By the end of the year, I will put something together where of the classes I teach in the spring, I'll get some Rutgers students involved with my high school classes. I love it. Wonderful. I think it's going to be great. It'll be a lot of fun. I think those kids will have a different point of view on education and thinking and what it looks like beyond high school balls. I think that'll be uh, ideal. And you know what? There's also the chance that it doesn't work and it flops. It might flop the first time, but I'll try. I'll make adjustments and I'll try again. You hear that listener? You can fail and you can keep going and try stuff again. And it's okay. This is all one big experiment. This entire thing may may fail. This podcast yeah. right here could be could be turned off at any moment. Yeah. If you made it to could this if you made it this far, congratulations. <laughs> In all serious. Email AJ and he'll send you something. No, I will. I'll send you a sticker. Or a voicemail. Whatever you want. In all seriousness. <laughs> Chris, um tell me Going forward in your classroom, what's your vision for your students? Where do you want to see them go? So, so we're recording this January. You still have five and a half months of students in your class before they move on to 10th, 11th, 12th grade and beyond. Where do you want your students to be five months from now? What do you expect from them? In its most basic form, when the students walk in, and again, this year is different. So uh, the schedule, I don't have the students all year. So I'm going to get some new students for the third and fourth marking periods. Okay. So when I meet these students between February and June, I want them to be even one step better in June than they are when I first meet them. Because it, it doesn't matter how far you make progress. Forward is forward. Whether you crawl, whether you walk, whether you run, whether you sprint, 
I want them to move forward and grow. And each kid is going to grow at a different rate at a different pace. And growth is different for every kid in terms of what they learn and how they learn it and their experiences. And I take that into account. So I'm going to have the high flyers and they're all in essence, high flyers. It's just, they all fly at different heights. So I just want them to make progress. Plain and simple. I like that. I feel like we all have so many goals for our kids. We want them here. We want them to do this. We want them to do this. I like that. Forward is forward. And that's the original. I appreciate it. Infographic Cr- coming soon. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. We'll put something together. That'll be yeah. your one word. Forward. Ooh. Chris, I love you. You're a good friend of mine. I'm glad. I we, love you too. I'm glad we talked critical thinking. I'm glad we didn't focus on technology. I'm glad we didn't focus on a podcast. Look at you branching out. How'd it feel? This is all stuff I, again, this is, we could have just as easily had this conversation on podcast PD. So really what I'm saying is we were like one person short of this being a great conversation. Shout out, Stacy. Stacy. Appreciate it. But I love talking about this stuff. I know. Education, man. It's our jam. It's what we do. Yeah. This is why, again, if, if you listen to Reflect Ed and you don't listen to the House of EdTech podcast, there's a segment I do called My EdTech Thought. That's my little corner of my House of EdTech podcast where I can talk about anything I want because it's my show. But again, the, pro- the majority of the episodes are education technology. That's why I love what we do with Podcast PD. I can talk about stuff that's not all technology all the time. I love technology, but even I know when it's time to pick up a pencil and use a piece of paper. All right. I appreciate that. Christopher, tell the listener where they can find you and ask you more questions and get involved with said House of EdTech. It's very simple. Connect with me on Twitter. I am at Mr. Nessie, M-R-N-E-S-I. And for more information about me, go to my website, chrisnessie.com. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you. Listener, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us on episode seven. And I can't wait to hear you on the next one. Can I yell at your listeners for one second? Oh, yeah. We're gonna not going to yell, yell at them. Oh, okay. I just want to tell you, and I know AJ tells you this as well, but if you enjoy this conversation and you enjoy the episodes that came before this, share this show on Twitter. Go tell somebody in your school, your faculty room, tweet about it, tag AJ, send somebody an email. You know, if you're able to actually be with somebody and you can touch their phone within six feet, show them how to subscribe. Okay. You you laugh, you, you lean back in your chair, you're laughing. But if you're getting value from this show or other podcasts you listen to, Mr. Podcast is talking to you now, tell people about the shows you love because word of mouth is how good podcasts get spread around. And this is a damn good podcast and people need to be subscribed and listening to the musings of one Arthur Johansson Bianco. You're close. That's, that's not it though. We'll have to save that for another episode. Guess AJ's name. <laughs> I want to be back so. for that. Yeah. I'll there let you go. back. Do, do, do that in your episode 100. There we go. See, if we can make it there. We got 93 more to go. Uh, 90. That's good math. 93. There you go. Could have been a math teacher. Boom. All right, everybody. (laughs) Thanks, brother. Take care. Thank you, Chris.
Hey there, listener. And I already said my thank you. I just want to come back real quick with a little debrief. Uh, in case you skipped through the episode or you missed anything, just first of all, I want to thank Chris for being on the show and thank you for listening. A couple of things I took away from this episode. First of all, prepare your students for life. Get them ready for whatever their next, next step would be. If it's high school, if it's college, if it's beyond college, your guidance, your classroom instruction should prepare them for whatever that is next. Allow your students to create questions that are not Googleable, that are not easily answered, something that they are going to wonder, something that's going to bring about curiosity. Make it real. Whatever lesson you're teaching, whether it's something that you're not interested in, but something you have to teach, find a way to make it real. Make those connections so that our students get excited about learning. And finally, challenge your students' thinking. They can do so much more than we think they can. That's my takeaway from this episode. Thank you again for listening. Check out Chris on the House of Ed Tech, Podcast PD. And you know what? Keep listening here to Reflect Ed. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Reflect Ed. If you have a question, suggestion for future episodes, or would just like to connect, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at AJBianco. If you have found value in this podcast, please help spread the word to other educators. You can subscribe, leave a rating and review, or share on social media with your takeaway and thoughts. Make sure to tag me at AJBianco or the show at Reflect Ed Pod to keep the conversation going. Thank you for listening, and I can't wait for you to join me for the next episode of Reflect Ed.